Welcome to PopGap, where we yak about pop culture. First up, let's talk about pop culture news. I'm never going to be the place where you get breaking news. You'll just get me to split open my brain and spill all over the floor the thoughts in my noggin about said news in the world. And gaming news, the Google Stadia, they decided, eh, screw the Google Stadia. We're done with that. That didn't work out. I feel so bad for people who actually spent money on the Google Stadia. I'm not one of these people that are like, ha, huh, I know better because I didn't adopt it early. It was a great idea. I saw it and it blew my mind because my laptop is not great. Uh, and the PC we do have is older than most children. <laughs> and in fact, still runs on Windows 7. That was a very tantalizing idea. You can run the cool games all your friends are playing. And meanwhile, I'm looking in outside from the rain with my hand on the glass like, please let me in. Let me play. But I can't because my computer can't handle it. So the Stadia was very attractive. You needed the internet to run it, which totally makes sense, right? It's like your connection is what makes these games run. The problem is it's not a viable solution for people who live out in the sticks um, because they don't have the choice to choose what internet provider they get. And some internet providers are like, you see this thing that we have that we can just give you? We're going to cap it. Fuck it. We'll make you pay more for more of it. And it's like, yeah, but it's... You can just give it to me. There's nothing stopping you from just giving to me. And the internet companies are like, how about I do anyway? And then we end up in the situation we're in where to, in order to remove a price cap is sometimes so expensive that it's not fucking worth it. So the idea that I can't afford a gaming PC, but that I can afford the top tier cap of the internet in the middle of nowhere is just not, it doesn't make any sense. It's not feasible. It's not the time for that. Like maybe if we had an international high-speed internet access then yes that would be a definite thing to that would be a thing to jump in early but also and i heard that it had latency issues and like people were playing fighting games and it wasn't the best for that and like online and you know online shooters had some problems like i'll press the button and my bullet no go i love wrestling and it's time to talk about wrestling news the forbidden door has been opened uh, I'm a big fan of AEW, and it's like, no, they're not paying me. I really wish they were. I, just, I watched WWE for a long time. Um, I watched it forever. I really got into wrestling when I was, like, 13. I got really into the storylines. I got really into the bat and to the characters. WWE has a huge and amazing roster of awesome people. But, man, that camera work, I think, is the final straw for what pushed me away from the product. Another thing was that the company itself would just kind of go... You're never going to stop watching it. You're going to open your mouth. You're going to eat it up. Yum, yum. And it's like, no, I don't think I will. And so once AEW happened, I was like, finally, I can get my wrestling fixed somewhere else. And don't get me wrong. There, again, indies are the only thing not disappointing me in the world, it seems, because indie wrestling is so fantastic right now. And there's so many ways for you to go out of your way and find it. Also, the internet is just amazing for finding international wrestling. But AEW decided, how about we put international wrestling on a national stage and they are oh they opened forbidden door so we got uh aw is working with AAA, a nwa uh impact wrestling a ton of indies on um aw dark they they promote indie wrestlers all over the place and give indie wrestlers work in this time of you can't gather in groups to go to an indie show some people still do like to go to death matches and it's like why would you risk your life to, to go see that? So I'm really into AEW, and I'm really into the Forbidden Door being opened. Now, they're working with New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is the biggest Japanese wrestling company. And they've been working with Joshi's, uh, which is female Japanese wrestling, for a long time. And I'm really excited about the Secret Door being open because I'm imagining all of the crazy matches that can happen now. Like, you have all these ideas of how these characters can interact. That's another thing that wrestling has really forgotten a, a lot of, is that characters need to exist. And 
once they do, they can interact with other characters and you can write interesting stories about them. Because a lot of times it's like, oh, this storyline is lame. What's the story here? I got a title shot. Why? I want a match. Fucking great. Where you can have, I want a title shot because I want a match. And the cult that I'm a part of is really happy for me that I did that. Because once you win something, we all win something. So you have characters. When I was younger, I used to think, how is this new character going to work in the soup that is this promotion? Let's say you introduce a Vampire Slayer character to Attitude Era WWE. Well, how's that character going to work with The Undertaker? How's that character going to work with Gangrel? Are Edge and Christian vampires? That character is going to get to the uh, bottom of that. And then maybe once the vampires are gone, you can have him become a hunter of other things, like Craven the Hunter. <laughs> Where he goes, hey, you know what? There's a lot of wrestlers who are named after animals. There was a character like that in Lucha Underground, which is my one of my absolute favorite um, things. His whole thing was that he was a hunter. And he hunted wrestlers, because it was Lucha, he would hunt them. So having ca a character that's just Craven the Hunter was awesome. So And you got to understand how that character was going to work with this other character. Like, okay, this Craven the Hunter character shows up. He's going to go after Lince Dorado, right? Or he's going to go after Rhino. Stuff like that. That seems fun and interesting. Like, you get to do that. And now with, with New Japan, you could do that as well. Like, there's these characters over there that are like, what's this? What's going to happen here with this? And Kenta shows up, and he's, like, in the Bullet Club, which Kenny Omega used to be the leader of. And he tells Kenny Omega to go fuck himself. And you're like, what? <laughs> he's the leader of your group, right? Is that group still a thing? Everybody's still doing the hand signals and they're they're the group and everything but name is that still a thing what's going on it gives you so many questions in comic book news keanu reeves is going to play craven the hunter craven the hunter i think is my favorite spider-man villain maybe it's his really dope design that he's just freddie mercury in a lion vest but sometimes that's all you need also i'm really excited if they're going to put him in the movie because we've gotten over the we've gotten over the idea of being ashamed that we're promoting a comic book we've opened that forbidden door as soon as we said rocket raccoon and drop the mic I think at that point, we were like, yes, Mysterio can have a bubble forehead. So yes, you can give Craven the Hunter a lion vest. The same thing that I explained about in when I was talking about wrestling is that you you introduce this hunter to the universe. There's a bunch of characters named after animals. He can just hunt them. Why the hell not? Of course, he wants to hunt Spider-Man. Um, why isn't he also hunting villains? Why isn't he a good guy? Sometimes he sometimes he flirts with being a good guy a little bit just because hunting, right? Um. <laughs> And I loved his story, had a very a concise beginning and a very concise end. And even when they managed to bring him back, it made sense. It wasn't just, I'm Mephisto, okay, 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 here's your grandma. It wasn't that. It made, and I'm, I'm trying to think of my other favorite Spider-Man villains. I really like Rhino because he's a big dumb idiot Spider-Man can just beat up. He's a great random thug for like the beginning of a Spider-Man movie. Which is why I'm kind of bummed out they've never done that. They've teased him at the end, but it's like, you can't build a whole movie around Rhino. He's the guy that runs into things with his head. There's not much to him. They did flesh out his character. They do, they do explain why he does what he does, and it's a very cool reason. You know, he's in love, which is really sweet. But also, he runs at things with his head. So, if you introduce that character, and no, I'm not asking you to put him in, in a big, dumb Rhino fursuit or something... I'm just saying, like, you can do the rhino, but he's in, like, a mech costume. Not the big robot that was in the other... In, not in the big robot from Spider-Man, um, The Amazing Spider-Man. But maybe he's in a mecha suit. Like, those Iron Man blueprints are all over the place. I mean, Whiplash can have a similar situation and he that he built in, like, his apartment. I'm sure somebody with money can pick up pieces of stuff from the ground, kind of like the Vulture did, and make a rhino costume. And then, at the very beginning of a movie... 
Spider-Man could jump over something and Rhino could run into an electric pole like he does all the time. <laughs> Just to kind of showcase that Spider-Man is fighting villains even when movies aren't happening. Which is a big thing that I think that I would like. And I'm thinking another really another villain that I really enjoy, one more real quick, is Morlin. He is a vampire who eats spider totems. It's, it's a whole thing. Um, but the reason I like Morlin so much is that there was a time, I, I grew up in New York. I feel like I have to mention that every, every time because I'm from New York and you know what they say about us New Yorkers. We have to tell people we are from New York at least once every conversation. I was a teenager when the Spider-Man movies came out and Spider-Man was everywhere. I was a jaded hipster teenager and as soon as Spider-Man came out, I was like, ugh, everybody else likes Spider-Man now. I've grown out of that a little bit. I'm still a hipster about certain things, but... I'm not so much of a big fucking baby as I used to be where I was like, oh, this thing is popular. I can't like it. I'm more of a hipster and I like indie things more than I like the mainstream things just because the mainstream has let me down so much. But I was a real asshole about it back then. And Morlin beat the shit out of Spider-Man in the comics around this time for two days straight in the comics. It was just cathartic. It just felt good to see Spider-Man get the crap beat out of him. It's Morlin eats spider totems. Guess what? There's a Spider-Verse. That was the news and notes. Now it's time to move on to talking about the latest episode of WandaVision. This is a first impressions review of WandaVision. So it's straight off the top of the dome. If I miss some things, I'll bring it up next time. Or at me on Twitter at audio underscore D-E-E. In this episode of WandaVision, things are flipped, turned upside down. But not that way. We're not in the 90s yet. We're in the 80s. We're doing 80s sitcoms. How weird must this be for Elizabeth Olsen that she's pretending to be on a show that her sisters were on, but she's not the one of the kids. She's Aunt Becky. That's crazy to me. And it must be really crazy for her. I can't wait for the 90s sitcom so we get our raspy-voiced singer. I see that the raspy-voiced singer in Full House was an 80s thing, though. But they, like, he had a return to brilliance in the 90s. Like, he was doing every show that there ever was. Then again, I watched a lot of reruns and syndications, so maybe they were 80s shows. I don't know. I was a 90s kid. I have no fucking idea. We know it's the 80s because Agnes comes in to help them with the crying babies with her athletic gear on, and it's like... It's that shit. That's the coolest stuff. Which, by the way, made a full 100% comeback. Like, I see people wearing those things to do, like, Pilates and stuff now. The only thing we're not, probably not going to bring back is, be, is the big hair because we know that what that kind of shit does to the environment. But goddamn, I would love, like, a Tina Turner mullet. Like, in real. And also, I love that Agnes is like, oh, the babies are crying. Where's the dark liquor? And some people might be like, you're going to give the children dark liquor? Because she says, oh, it's not for me. I don't drink on the clock, right? As a babysitting. And... It, yeah, it's for the babies. It's like one of those old wives things you do. Um, because, like, sometimes babies are screaming and crying because their teeth hurt, their gums hurt. You know, if you guys have toothaches as law-abiding adults, <laughs> then you get some dark liquor. I see it works for vodka, too. If you just put your finger in it and then rub it along the baby's gums, it'll stop a toothache. Because, listen, my great-grandmother, when she was uh, raising kids, there was no way that there was Orogel for babies. Like, at this point... I think they just got central heating. There's no fucking way <laughs> they had Orogel for babies back then. Or they did and it was snake oil and they had meth in the bottle. So grandma actually did something right, I think, with the dark liquor instead of the meth, which is actually detrimental to teeth. Agnes also mentions that she's a tiger in the bed, which makes me think that her and Ralph's relationship has improved in the 80s. Because, and I don't think it's, I think the times have improved things for married women. In the 50s and 60s, if you ever watch The Honeymooners, you see the way Ralph treats his wife. And I think that's why his name is Ralph. And then, you know, wives are spunky and they know how to take care of everything. Which is why, like, in the 60s, we see Wanda not needing Agnes that much. And in the 80s, they're like, let's be more real. Only, let's give this entire family a huge house 
in San Francisco. But then again, thinking about the family that lived in that house, there was like, what, three families that lived there. They were all fucking pulling rent because San Francisco is one of the most expensive places to live. Inside out, the father was like, fuck it, I'm going to take this rundown piece of shit because it's the only thing that's going to be decent as far as the mortgage goes. Thinking about the house that they lived in, in in Full House, it makes more sense that they were all able to afford it considering there were tons of people that lived there. And honestly, that way, it's not a waste of space. The house is so big that it makes no sense that tons of people don't live there. But in the 80s, things are getting more real. It's more widely accepted that you do sleep with your husband. That's a thing that happens. So she's she's making jokes about it now, about her and Ralph's sex life, which sounds great. Uh, Agnes, though, mentions that she's a tiger. There's tigers. She mentions that, and then there's a tiger toy on the table that's prominently displayed. And I'm like, what the fuck is the tiger stuff about? It makes me think of Wanda's midwife was a cow, like an anthropomorphic cow. No joke. Look it up. This is real. The cow was part of an entire anthropomorphic animal race of people that were created. So I'm thinking, was there a tiger there that Wanda had dealings with? And I cannot think. I cannot imagine it. But it might just be code for Wanda is a tiger mom, but not in the way that you think. She's not, you know, making her children study really hard, but she's really protective of her children. But then again, like that kind of stereotype isn't always a tiger. It's a bear. I don't understand the tigers now that I think about it. Let me know if you think you know what the tiger means. By the time this comes out, though, like the next episode is dropping the same day I'm releasing this. So we probably got a big reveal of what the tiger is about. The only other connection I have to Wanda is that one of her sons becomes a teen Avenger on the same team as a character named White Tiger. If you've seen, I think there was a Spider-Man animated series that recently came out where you see White Tiger a lot. Like on the, I think, West Coast Avengers, Tigress is on the West Coast Avengers. But yeah, I love the opening with them running in a field and sitting on the full house blanket. It's so weird. We go back and forth from the sitcom to the real world. I love that Monica Rambeau's like presence seems to simmer down the quirky chick's quirkiness, and that's nice. She's still quirky, but she's way less annoying, and they kind of pulled back on that characteristic. I see Monica Rambeau just going through what she's been through, not taking that shit, like just not accepting it. I think the quirky chick made two quirky like jokes and Monica Rambeau like one ignored her and the second time like antagonistically ignored her. I think she's kind of learned, oh shit, I can't, I can be quirky, but Monica Rambeau is not fucking playing around. (laughs) Monica Rambeau is the HBIC. To be fair, I don't hate all quirky characters. I feel like watching Buffy, everybody's quirkiness was so well-timed that it was a joy to watch. Kind of like the Avengers movies where all their quirkiness was well-timed and well-executed and it was it was just amazing. It felt like everybody fed off of each other instead of this one chick is kind of making everybody around her uncomfortable. But yeah, like I said, Monica Rambeau doesn't play that shit, which I really enjoy. Monica Rambeau is my favorite character on the outside. In the world, obviously, it's, it's uh, Agnes is my favorite. <laughs> also, can we talk about Vision's floppy hair? He definitely has that floppy... Fuck, what's the name of the guy that was like... Robin Williams Light from Full House. I cannot remember his name, but he also gives me a Barney Rubble vibe. Okay, okay, his name is Dave Coulier, and he's he, he was Uncle Joey. Was he actually their uncle, or was he, was he just one of the roommates? After looking him up, this guy's career is badass. He became a voice actor, so he did actually put those voice acting chops to good use, and I'm really happy for him. Sometimes, uh, you learn something. So we get to learn a lot about Wanda. When you go through the field, you feel Wanda's grief. And I'm imagining she has so much grief that she'd totally be a lantern in like the DC universe. I'm really like obsessed with the lantern cores and Green Lantern. It's one of the things that I'm really love. 
But her grief would definitely make her some kind of lantern. And I'm trying to think. She'd probably be a purple lantern because she's using her grief in a naughty bad way. And the purple lantern staffs, because they don't have rings, make you feel compassion for what she's going through. But she's like, look, man, I'm, I am suffering emotionally. And I have the power to do whatever the fuck I want. So I'm going to puppet around my corpse husband. Corpse husband. I'm going to control everybody with my grief and put them through a lot of physical pain because apparently it hurts them to be controlled like this that would be able to warp reality. The most fucked up shit I'm thinking about with Vision is the whole theme of the Ultron movie, the Pinocchio song, No Strings. Vision is all strings and that's fucked up. We also learned that she stole his corpse from the military. In the Vision's will, he didn't want to be used as anybody's weapon and he's not anybody's weapon. He's her husband. Which she constantly reminds him, like, who am I? Like, you're my husband. She's not using him as a weapon. So I don't see why uh, that would breach the will. However, she is, she's desecrated his corpse a little bit. Necrophilia. She did all types of things that are crimes. She unlawfully imprisoned this entire town. Um, she's doing a lot of crime. A ton of crime. Her kids are created essentially just by her. And they're growing up on their own. They decided, you know what, let's grow up. And they have this power to do what she does, which is whatever the fuck they want. And this is interesting because Wanda, remember I, I was mentioning that Wanda's casting a uh, concentration spell if you're playing D&D. If she gets distracted, it weakens a little bit. The fact that these kids are able to kind of live their own lives, Wanda created life. Wanda is like Elsa. She's an Elsa level mutant. <laughs> she created the snowman and brought him to life. She also created that snow golem, which also had its own feelings and emotions. And Wanda's just like, I'm going to create two sentient children. This episode is the episode at the very end. The episode's called A Very Special Episode. And in this episode, they learn about death. They get a dog and they, the dog dies and they learn about death. You can do whatever you want. Why don't you undo death? And Wanda's like, because there are rules. You can't just do stuff like that. You got to learn from this. And then she thinks about that and goes, why don't I undo death? And looks right into the camera. Her and Vision have a fight. Mom and dad are fighting. She opens the door and at the end... She recast Pietro because the actual Pietro is dead. She either constructed this Pietro or she pulled him from another universe, which is the Fox universe. I fucking love that, by the way. When I saw him, I screamed. I literally screamed. When I do these things, I wake up really early in the morning. So I'm up at like four in the morning screaming because I am the biggest. The X-Men are my favorites, my absolute favorite comics. So when I saw Quicksilver show up from the other universe... The one who did speed and did it in the coolest way possible on screen. I was like, oh my god. Oh my god, Quicksilver. <laughs> He's here. It's, it's, the, it's the cooler Quicksilver. Uh, I remember that was a thing. Especially since this Quicksilver wears sunglasses. So a lot of memes were going around like Quicksilver, the cooler Quicksilver. Like Daniel and Cooler Daniel. We got cooler Daniel in this universe now. I think the Wanda and the Multiverse of Madness, Wanda is going to be the fucking villain. And I think she's going to be the villain by accident. I'm super excited. I'm so excited. And I think the kid that plays Peter Parker, I can't remember his name um, right now because I'm too excited about X-Men. He is a notorious tattletale. So like they don't give him scripts and stuff anymore because he notoriously tells the press things that are going to happen. And they were like, is it true that the other Spider-Man from the other movies are going to come back? And he's like, I don't know. They would have told me if they were going to come back. No, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have told you anything. And I don't think they're showing up in your movie anyway. They're showing up in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is going to be the hypest movie of all time. 
Disney Plus is what's up. The only thing is I think we have to pay a premium, which I'm honestly a little bummed about. More than a little bummed. A lot bummed. But I'm, re I'm sitting here ready to pay that premium price. I don't even care. I'm so excited about the X-Men. I don't care what I have to do to get them. But there's stuff happening in real life. Wanda popped out of her universe and threatened the cops and everybody else to fuck off and leave her alone because she's powerful enough to do whatever the fuck she wants. And Monica was like, look, man, I, you can trust me. And she's like, can I? You sent the fucking drone into my universe with that was armed. And she's like, she, I didn't know it was armed. The fucking military asshole armed it. And the military asshole, I think he is a character in Marvel Comics, but I have to do some more research. I'm not sure exactly who he is. But yeah, that was WandaVision. It was dope as hell. It was a very special episode, so they gave it more time. It, instead of half an hour, it was like 45 minutes. Well, you know, six of those minutes is the credits at the end. Is there secrets during the credits that I'm missing? Definitely let me know at audio underscore D-E-E -E on Twitter. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys think about things. And... Now I'm late on things, like there's new news stories that came out, and I figured, you know what, let's hit you up on it at the end of this. There's going to be a Clone High revival happening on the HBO uh, streaming service, which I am so desperate. Please, somebody figure out how to make Canada get HBO Go. When is that happening in Canada? Please, so I can watch, so I can watch Clone High, the show that, you know, is a Canadian show. That It also is going to have a show about Velma, who, and they revealed the way the Joker looks in the Snyder Cut. And I'm thinking, God damn it, how much of this movie was cut? Because there are so, it's practically a different film. And I feel like it wasn't a different film. And Snyder just was like, yeah, the release the Snyder cut. And everybody's like, okay. So then he went back to the lab and started actually editing it to be a different film. <laughs> but we see the Joker and he kind of has the, he has the long hair and he looks crazy. He's in the hospital. And people are like, oh, this Joker is much better. It's like, uh, no, no, no. I don't think you understand. This Joker, it's just a different edit of a movie that already happened. This Joker is probably the Joker that we get. This is probably his origin. Like, he, you see an origin of the Joker, like, in jail. He looks like he's wearing, like, prison clothes or, like, he's dressed like he belongs in an asylum kind of thing. And so he has the long hair and stuff. I think, I honestly think this is before because he doesn't have the dumb tattoos. And this could be like, oh, but they heard that people didn't like the dumb tattoos, so they edited them out. You can't change what already happened. <laughs> um, also, another news story is that Kingdom Hearts is going to be released on PC. Nice. Uh, under the Epic Game Store, which is like lame. I don't know how if they support mods or whatever on the Epic Game Store. I'm I really not sure. I'm not sure how that works. Maybe then if Kingdom Hearts supports mods, we somebody can make a Gargoyles world that I can go and visit. Thank you. Or a New York world where you can meet the Avengers. Also, where's the Star Wars world? I want all that shit. I want all the shit. I want Muppet world. Kingdom Hearts is having a hard time keeping up with the licenses. And it's probably because Disney's going, no, you can't use that. No, you can't use this either. No, no, no. Um, give me at least more Pixar worlds. I was able to sneak that in before the podcast uh, came to a close because it's releasing on the day WandaVision comes out. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So next week we'll do, uh, we'll probably try to release this a little bit earlier. But definitely thanks for hanging out.